I woke up um, confused, um, like you would expect to be, and I remember waking up feeling kind of excited because I said, can I hold my baby? And the nurse that was next to me, was, she just kind of grabbed my arm and just started to rub my arm. And I was like, can I hold my baby, please? And she was like, honey, there, there's no baby now, okay? The baby's gone now, remember? And I'm like, yeah, I remember now. I remember. Welcome to the I Am Mother of the Year podcast, where we equip and encourage moms just like you to move from isolation, fear, comparison, and chaos to community, compassion, peace, and freedom. We're so glad you're here. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Jen, and this is the I Am Mother of the Year podcast. And October is Infant and Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month. And so we wanted to honor that in the best way that we know how, which is by sharing stories. Mm -hmm. And so today, we're excited to bring you part two of a four-part series that we're calling Yet We Thrive. Uh, because Yet We Thrive is one of our partner ministries and it's a community that comes alongside moms who are struggling to have babies or have lost babies. And, um, but they still want to live full, thriving lives in the midst of those impossible circumstances. And so the story you're gonna hear today is one of those impossible and impossibly hopeful stories. Thanks so much for being here, Violet. Yes. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yes. So can you tell us who is Violet? Just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Yeah, I'm a photographer. That's my job. That's what I've been doing for 10 years. So I pretty much identify myself around my job and the fact that I'm a wife and a mother. Mm -hmm. um, but I was, uh, we've been married for 10 years. Um, we got married when we were children, tiny babies, so little infants, as I said earlier, just yeah. rolled out of the womb. Uh, down the down aisle. Down the aisle. <laughs> but what else, Violet? Tell us about your kitties. Yeah. Oh, I have a four-year-old daughter named Harlow, and she's um, crazy and wild and just like her dad and nothing like me. Um, and then we have a baby boy Emery that was born January 1st um, this year. So earlier we were talking, we, my daughter always gets mistaken as a boy, a baby, yes. same boy. Yes. You're like, um, he's a boy, not he's a boy. girl. Yes. You were sharing, talking about a lot, you got a lot of rainbow gifts. He yeah. was in a rainbow onesie. Can yeah. you explain to us a little bit about that? Yeah, my son Emery, he received a lot of rainbow gifts from our little baby sprinkle shower we had um, because we had lost um, three, four months before I conceived with mm -hmm. him. So um, in December of 2000, it would be, was last year? I don't even know my numbers. December yeah. 2018. Okay. We lost um, at almost 10 weeks. Mm. Um, and then conceived in March of the following year. Mm. So he's your rainbow baby. Rainbow baby. And can you explain that term just in case anyone watching? Yeah, so a rainbow baby is a baby that's born after a loss. Um, of any kind, so mm -hmm. yeah. So he's your little rainbow baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like after the storm. I yep. love that it's idea. The promise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. And the lights yeah. start shining. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's good days ahead. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we're gonna pre-rainbow. Mm -hmm. We're gonna go back to the storm mm -hmm. then of the loss. Mm -hmm. So you'd already been pregnant once, mm -hmm. successful all the yeah. way through. Yeah. You've got a baby. Yeah. She's growing a little bit. You're like mm -hmm. round two. 
Let's right. go. Yeah. She's potty trained. She is potty trained. She's a cool kid. I'm like, oh, this is fun. Sure. I'm like, I wasn't a kid person before, and now I am. Now I'm like obsessed with everyone's children. Yeah. I want to play with every baby I see. And so I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. This must be fun. Yeah. <laughs> let's go for a round two. Okay. And I thought, oh, you know, with our first baby, it took two months to conceive. This is going to be a piece of cake. And then it was 10 months, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, I know that that's not that big of a deal. A lot of people deal with that. Um, but I remember thinking, okay, the whole time was like, something's not right. I don't know what's wrong. Um, but I just didn't feel right the whole time we were trying to conceive, even, yeah. even back then. Um, something just felt strange. And I also felt like there was something in my husband and my relationship that just felt off. I just, I started to recognize like signs that we weren't as close as we once were. And I just felt like we weren't communicating. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't any like real intimacy, real communication, real like just good conversation ever. Mm -hmm. It was mostly just, you know, okay, we got our kid to bed, like what do we do now? Yeah. yeah. Kind of relationship. Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, just put on Netflix. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, do the normal things and they're just that's it. I guess this is what life is now. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, well, if I'm feeling like I guess this is what life is now, then let's have another child, and maybe that'll mm -hmm. change mm -hmm. things up. Give me something else to focus yeah, on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we couldn't, we really couldn't pinpoint what it was. Mm -hmm. So can we go back to the loss? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we need to sit a lot more in the grief because that's, um, and the, in the marriage and the counseling and all of that because that's important because if mm -hmm. you've done that, like you know mm -hmm. that's necessary. And the strain mm -hmm. that I assume that it takes on a marital relationship mm -hmm. is astronomical mm -hmm. and so tell us about what happened when you lost the baby so I had gone in for my first ultrasound and they said the baby was measuring two weeks behind mm -hmm. and I was like well that's not possible mm -hmm. I'm like 99% sure I know when we conceived mm -hmm. so uh, right there in the room I was like okay something is wrong and I have believed something was wrong since I found out I was pregnant that after I found out I was pregnant with Harlow, I was like nervous, excited. This time I was just nervous. Mm -hmm. um, and of course my husband knows I, I do struggle with anxiety. And so he's like, you, you know, you're just having anxious feelings mm -hmm. and that's all it is. Yeah. And so I told myself, he's right. I'm just having some anxious feelings. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so when we went into that appointment and they said, you're measuring two weeks behind, it's like, okay, I wasn't crazy. Mm -hmm. Something is off. Something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Of course, my family, my friends, everyone's like, it's fine. Things happen. You yeah. just, you just miscalculated. Yeah. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to miscarry. Mm -hmm. You knew. Oh, yeah. But I you knew. heard the heartbeat. I heard the heartbeat. Yeah. Everything was fine. Yeah. But my baby was small. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to miscarry. And I told my husband, I'm like, I believe I'm going to miscarry. And he's like, I think that you're anxious. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a chance we just miscalculated. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll see. Well, and is there a time, is there, in those thoughts of, like, I, I know something's wrong, something's off, this isn't, mm -hmm. I'm going to miscarry, is there part of you that feels like you caused that with your negative thoughts, like caused the miscarriage with the negative thoughts? There was a lot of time where I thought somehow I caused it mm -hmm. by a lot of different, you know, what are some a, lot, a lot of reasons. Something as simple as going, okay, was I not sleeping enough? I was overly exhausted at this point. This mm -hmm. was busy work season for me. I was overworking myself. Mm -hmm. um, I've been like, you know, not eating very well at this time. Oh, you know, has my exercise regimen been good? There's lots of things that I was going through in my head. Like, did I cause this? Mm -hmm. But then part of it was going, you know, from the very beginning, was I like wishing this baby away by saying something's wrong, something's not right with this baby? Right. 
um, and something's just off with this pregnancy. So I don't know. I, I felt like it took a long time for me to work through or work past those feelings of yeah. this is your fault. Mm -hmm. You've done something to cause this. I was telling myself that I was eight weeks pregnant, um, like eight and a half. And they were telling me I was six and a half or something along those lines. Um, and then a week and a half later, closer to 10 days, yeah, about 10 days later, um, I started bleeding. And so I was like, oh, yep. I knew it. Yep. And so that moment, like, it started happening. And I, it was an immediate, oh, okay, finally. Like, I knew this was coming. Waiting I was waiting for, for the moment to happen. And then when it started happening, I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. So very matter of a fact. Yes. Like, how, how emotional are you in general? Pretty emotional. Okay. And so was this a total change? Like, yeah. now it's like, nope, I'm bleeding I assume into the toilet at some point or you found oh, it when you went to yeah. the bathroom. Like. I was standing there and I was like, Grant, come here. I'm bleeding. Mm -hmm. I miss Karen. Unemotional. Yeah. And he knew. Mm -hmm. So he was like, is this okay? Is this, is this possible that it's normal? Or, you know, I'm like, mm, no, I miss Karen. So what do you do? Like, can you walk us quickly through the process? Like for someone who hasn't experienced it and I have not, but... Like, how, what is it actually like? The closest I've been is walking with mm -hmm. you, Jen, through yours, but mm -hmm. like, what do, you, what do you do? How do you, as a, a mother of a baby, know you, are, you will see your baby likely in the toilet? I was terrified, um, and I kept, I kept picturing this baby as my, my baby. It wasn't, you know, just a little... Fetus. fetus. Fetus that was right. floating around, you know, mm -hmm. just... No, this was my child. Yes. This was my child just as much as my, at the time, two-and-a-half-year-old child. Mm -hmm. um, and so I kept thinking that I'm losing my child, and I don't know how to even process this or what to think right now. Um, and the idea that I could potentially hold my tiny child in my hands was too devastating to even, like process I guess mm -hmm. I called my midwife and she said you need to go in because I was bleeding pretty heavily mm -hmm. um, you need to go into the hospital it was the weekend um, I went in and it was bittersweet because uh, we did the ultrasound they're like well there's a little heartbeat just beating away and I, I could see the little heartbeat and I was like there's my sweet baby that's that's dying and they were like the heartbeat is lowering, and even as we were doing the ultrasound, it was just dropping here and there, and you're having an inevitable miscarriage that your baby probably won't survive past another day, um, and you're just going to keep bleeding. So. Was there any hope? Like, but maybe, maybe he's going to fight it through. I think all my friends had the hope. <laughs> yeah. I think my mom and her family had the hope, and they were all like, well, we'll just keep praying. I'm like, mm -hmm. I will too. Yeah, but you already knew. You'd already know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I look back on that, I'm like, was I wrong in that? What what could I have done differently? Should I have held hope? You know, God, was I was I wrong mm -hmm. for not feeling stronger yeah. about this? That like with you know, if God can move mountains, if he can perform miracles, he could have saved my baby. And I just remembered that at that time I thought, no. Yeah. What I what I love and I wanna stop for a second is don't miss this part of Violet's story of she could not hold hope, could not, would not hold hope 
everyone around her held hope on her behalf. Mm -hmm. And so if you cannot find hope, that is okay. Tell someone else, please carry hope for me in this. Mm -hmm. There is something so strong about community in that, like Mm -hmm. you didn't have to be strong. People around you were strong, you know, on your behalf and for you. You were doing the exact, probably physical thing that you had to do at the Mm -hmm. moment and that was all you could take. And holding hope would have been the the tipping point, you know? Everyone else Mm -hmm. gets to hold hope around you. So be a hope holder. And did God answer you? Like, God, should I have held hope? Did he, what did he say? I think so, but it just took a long time for me to get the real answer. I, I, in that time, um, I don't feel like my faith was as strong as it is now. Mm -hmm. And I knew God was my sufficiency and I knew God was going to be there for me far more than my husband ever could be or my mom or anybody that's in my life. Um, And I do feel like he was the only thing that carried me through that time um, because after that loss, my husband was was just gone. You know, he mm-hmm. checked out. He completely yeah. checked out. And do you think that's normal for men, like fathers in a loss? Like, they're not caring. They're not, no, like, they can't feel what you're feeling. Yes. Um, and so to them. They don't know what to do They don't it. know what to do. And so their thing is, I'm going to go fix something else. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go fix, I can't fix you. Yeah. So I'm going to go fix something else. They'll attempt to fix it, realize you can't fix it. Uh-huh. You can't fix something that can't be fixed right now. Mm-hmm. You know, too broken at the moment, don't try to fix me. Mm-hmm. And that was something I felt like, you know, certain people were trying to, to help me mm-hmm. and fix me. Yeah. I'm like, I can't be fixed right now. I'm grieving. Just let me grieve. Yes. Like, just yes. be here in my grief. And that's what I wanted from him. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to be there in the grief with me and to just acknowledge the grief and say like I'm grieving with you mm-hmm. we're and in this together we're with in this our together. child yeah. exactly and he was gone yeah he so he ghosted you he goes and to distraction yeah. he goes to his comforts mm-hmm. he went to whatever he needed to to just disassociate and and then what did you do how lonely is that it was really lonely for a few weeks and then I learned how to stop thinking about it mm. so Ooh. Wait a second, that doesn't sound healthy no, either, right? So you were like, okay, if I'm gonna be alone, this hurts, 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 hurts. And now it hurts too bad. It hurts too bad, and we're done. Let, watch him, he's, he's gone. Mm-hmm. I, can go, I can go too, I can be over here. So and you put, you put your tiny baby mm-hmm. in a box mm-hmm. and went about mothering your, your little girl. Yeah, absolutely. Until? Until everything, I feel like, really broke down in our marriage. We realized what his disassociation was. We realized that he has trouble with comfort idol. We call it a comfort idol where he's just, he needs his comforts constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that had dragged us apart. Uh, and I, Tell me what the comfort... Comfort idol? So yeah. it's kind of like the theory that everyone has an idol. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually... There, there's a bunch of different idols, and you could have multiple, but you have one that's really strong. Mine is control. Mm-hmm. So I like to be in control of everything. I like to know, you know, my we finances. <laughs> I, I like to, I like to, I'm a control freak to yeah, an extent, yeah. and yeah. he is, he's a nine Enneagram, likes to be comfortable, make sure everyone's having a good time. Just mm-hmm. like, let's just be chill. Mm-hmm. Let's just have fun. Mm-hmm. Let's not worry about stuff. Let's not talk about the hard things. Or negative. Or negative. Negative emotion, emotion. yeah. Uh, so what's his, can I ask what his comfort 
Ida was? Comfort Idol, he would tell you, was any form of distraction, whether that was cell phones, computers, video games. Okay, so just complete distraction. So yours is control. Yes. His is distraction. Are you trying to control him? I learned pretty early on in our marriage that you can't, and I learned where my lines were, but to an extent, that is something I still, yeah, I definitely still struggle with that. But um, for me, it's more like trying to control my own Mm -hmm. situation whether that's involving him or not. So I like, to, I like to know what's going on and I have a plan and I want my plans to stay intact. And mm-hmm. if something comes in and tries to break through, then I'm not gonna be a really good person. Yeah. So you're in my way and right. you're interfering with my plan so you can yes. step aside or yes. I will remove you. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely. Well, absolutely. I feel like this is where you're, you guys are similar people, but similar stories. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, no, like God, we. I had a plan. Yes. Like this was part of the plan. Why would you let me get long. pregnant? Right. Just if you were gonna take it away right. or let it. Why not just not get pregnant? Right. Why did this happen? Do you yes. believe either of you believe God took your babies? I believe death is from the enemy. Mm-hmm. So I accept that death is in this world and we live in a fallen world and death is inevitable mm-hmm. and I believe that God was aware from before I was born that this baby was going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't necessarily think he was like, and yoink, I'm right. taking this child from you. Yeah. But um, I do believe, obviously, he knew mm-hmm. yeah. and he knew this was going to be a road I was going to walk down and that he was going to make something beautiful out of it. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that he has. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So. I just want to bring that to you because people say such stupid stuff, okay? And I just want to free you in case anybody has ever said something stupid to you like, well, God must have needed another angel up there. No. That's Bull. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. God does not, one, we don't become angels when we die, okay? So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so already, flawed thinking. Wrong. Right, wrong. <laughs> but no, God doesn't need more. No, no, if you believe in a loving God, that's, that covers everything. Mm-hmm. So everything is God's love. Like, he's, he's not, he wants to give good gifts to his children. Mm-hmm. He's not, oh, ha-ha, oh, look at how happy she is. Oh, the pregnancy announcement. Oh, I hear the heartbeat. Ah, bah, psych. Yeah. Like he's not, that's not at all in his character. So if anyone has ever said something remotely stupid to you like that, you can give them my number. Mm-hmm. She has some words for those people. I believe you can check it in camera too. Get the replay. How I feel about this. <laughs> okay, so and you don't no. believe that No, either. but it's kind of like the grass is always greener yeah. because hearing you say like, should I have fought harder, like in so many words, like should I have begged more was i already kind of succumbed to this reality did i kind of accept this you were saying that and i'm like wow because i am on the other side where i was screaming in my kitchen like i did the bold prayers on my knees Mm -hmm. crying same outcome so it doesn't matter if you beg and scream and cry or if you just accept it he's got a plan he's got timing Oh, you guys. <laughs> oh. Yes, I will say that's true. And we can sit in that for a second because it is, it's, it's so true. And I remember walking with you through that going, like, but not only did he give me the pregnancy, he gave me the baby. He, he, he gave me, like, 
-hmm. He gave me my body to do this. And then I prayed and I prayed mm -hmm. and I prayed. And something you need to know about Jen is that when she prays, oh, it like, happens. It happens. Mm -hmm. It's this otherworldly, yeah. literally, gift that she has. Intercessory prayer. It's yes. like my spiritual it's gift. So I'm like, oh, thing. I'm going to battle. This yeah. is my miracle. Right. Here we go. Yep. And this she, is my story. Yep. And your story was you had a, a slow slow heartbeat or time, yeah. measuring small, mm -hmm. come back in a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, slow heartbeat and then started bleeding. Was like, this is happening, calm. I said, well, it could be spawning, you could be okay. So they gave me the hope and I was like, no, I'm miscarrying. They said, no, you, this could be okay, come in. So I was driving to death row, as Lindsay said in episode one, to, to hear what I already expected mm -hmm. and had to go alone and hear zero heartbeat. Mm -hmm. What's that moment? Well, you had, didn't experience that moment. I got the, the heartbeat. I mean, I you watched die. the heartbeat. Yes. So uh, you watched your, did you watch your baby die? No, I left the hospital, uh, sent home and went back in two days later for another ultrasound and there was no heartbeat. And then what happens? Like, so then did they DNC or? DNC, okay. Yeah. Um, and can you tell the story of after the DNC? Mm-hmm. Um, and the question you asked the nurse. Yeah, I, uh, I had my DNC and I woke up um, confused, um, like you would expect to be. And I remember waking up feeling kind of excited because I said, can I hold my baby? And the nurse that was next to me, was, she just kind of grabbed my arm and just started to rub my arm. And I was like, can I hold my baby, please? And she was like, honey, there, there's no baby now, okay? The baby's gone now, remember? And I'm like, yeah, I remember now. I remember. And I just wept on my nurse. Mm -hmm. And I felt like my nurse was a comfort more so than my husband because he was so checked out. Mm -hmm. Was he there with you during the DNC? He wasn't in the room, but he was just emotionless. Mm -hmm. For the most part, afterwards, because I just didn't know like how he was processing it. I didn't know what he was feeling at that time, and he didn't know what to do for me. Yeah. Which is, it has to be hard. They just feel so helpless. Yeah. Right. But oh, then you're not to cry on someone. Yes. yes. Right. Yes. And as a man, like he's he's meant to be the hero yeah. of you, even your story, which. Mm. I don't know. It's so, it's so, it is, it's so impossible. Mm -hmm. So impossible. So, but you guys had, tell, let's go forward then to the time where you realized, okay, our marriage is falling apart. The loss has a lot to do with it, but it was broken before that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the loss like exacerbated those symptoms. And then you're like, what are we doing? Did you have a come to Jesus moment together? My husband had a come to Jesus moment. Mm -hmm. um, he he had a pretty radical come to Jesus moment where he realized that, in his words, he doesn't believe he ever fully believed. Um, oh, so he, he had a real call to Jesus. Wow. Jesus that okay. He was like, I don't know that I ever really loved God, that I ever really trusted God, that I ever really accepted salvation. I, it was one of those things I was like, I believe it, yeah. Yeah, but, but there's no personal no, transformational no relationship. No personal relationship, no friendship there, nothing. There was a, he never had a connection with God. Mm -hmm. um, and it came out that he would 
he apparently was jealous of the relationship I had with God or that my faith caused him, you know, uneasiness because it wasn't like his. Um, so he had a come to Jesus moment in the summer of last year and everything that we had been facing for years together just kind of all made sense suddenly. Um, you know, that he wasn't taking the role as the, the leader of our household, the spiritual leader in our household. He wasn't leading me to Christ at all. Um, I didn't feel like I was in a place that could go to him for any kind of counsel. Um, and he was too busy wrapped up in all the things that he likes and he wanted to do and his comforts and his his world mm-hmm. and I just wasn't really a part of it anymore so um when we had that when he had that like complete total breakdown of all of his pride mm-hmm. um we reconnected and of course I had a hard time believing it completely yeah, sure. um but he uh in that moment when he first you know kind of explained what had happened to him and that he he really spoke with God and that things had changed for him and he'd come to realization of all the things that he had been holding back and hiding and um, like the secrecy of his life was really unfolding. Um, I didn't, I didn't recognize his voice. I really didn't even recognize my own husband when he was speaking to me in that, in that day. I I don't think I'll ever forget it. He was saying things that I was like, how do you even know that? Like quoting scriptures, I was like, you don't know those scriptures. What are you talking? I'm like, what is happening with my husband? Who are you? I don't know you. And really I can be blunt with you and say that ever since then I, he's not the same person. So I'm with almost a year. It's been almost a year since that happened, so I feel like I've been with a new husband for a year now. Yeah, well, and that's kind of a, like, that's a great, that's a miracle. Yeah. Yes, it was. In itself, yeah. But then it's like, but I still don't really know you, and you're kind of getting to know yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what does that, like, what does that look like as you rebuild a marriage? Mm -hmm. We we started with a lot of therapy, Mm -hmm. um, because in that time where he just had a complete breakdown of his pride, um, he was open to seeking counsel. He was open to therapy. He wanted to do it. He was the one like going for that. He was like, can I contact these places? Will you come with me? Mm. And whereas before, you know, back in January of that same year, when I would just, he'd find me weeping in the corner somewhere. He's like, you need to get therapy. And I'm like, I know a lot of women probably are there that, yeah. that their husbands have said, like, I don't want to do with you. You need therapy. Yeah. And why are you crying all the time? Yeah. It was so many months ago. Like, right. you should be over by now. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, aren't you here with me in this? Mm-hmm. It was your baby, too. Mm-hmm. You lost your child. You mm-hmm. lost your son or daughter, mm-hmm. yeah. too. How? Why aren't you saying, I'll go with you? Mm-hmm. Let's do therapy together. I want to I be there with you in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long after the Come to Jesus did you get pregnant? Come to Jesus was while I was pregnant. Oh, it was wow. while you yeah. were pregnant. Yeah, so okay. that was a year ago this August. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it blew up in the summer and yeah. then... Yeah, so I miscarried in December 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. January was like the kinds of conversations like, you need therapy. Mm-hmm. You need to seek some counsel or help. Yeah. You know, by August, I can't do anything for you. And then yeah. by August is when everything... Yeah. He's loaded. Yeah. He's a new man. New man. Yeah. Um... And I wish I could say, like, oh, it's as simple as just telling him this thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And it wasn't that way. No, you guys worked hard. It, it was a lot of work, and it yeah. was a lot of, it was just God moved Big. greatly. And, you know, I think that 
a lot of men are very against therapy and counsel because they think that just is an automatic, you know, my wife wants a divorce, so I have to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And that's how he was before that, yeah. that pride kind of broke down. Um, and now he'll tell you, like, everyone needs therapy. Mm -hmm. Everyone should go. Yeah. And I wish every man <laughs> would hear me when I say that. Yes. And that male pride would dissipate and they yes. would accept that. Right. That they do have problems they need to work through. Yeah. Right. Um, because marriage is hard. It's a it relationship. It's not just about you. It's not just about me. No. And when you're working through grief like that, mm -hmm. it's good to just to talk about it with yeah. somebody else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you are in a relationship and your wife is miscarried, expecting her to shoulder all of that guilt, or not guilt, um, shoulder all of that pain, pain and mourning. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. just, it's unfair. It's so mm -hmm. heavy. Yeah. How do you mother during that time? I don't remember a whole lot because I was so disassociated. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. So um, I do know that I was, in that first like few weeks, I was very disassociated, mm -hmm. um, just kind of floating through, coasting, calling my mom, asking her to come over and kind of help me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I trained myself to stop thinking about it yeah. so I could move on. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Did you find healing after the grief? Are you still working through it? I'd say I'm still working through it, mm -hmm. but I'm to the place through therapy mm -hmm. and counsel and having a supportive husband that's there and wants to talk about these mm -hmm. kinds of things um, that I can give myself the space and time to think about it mm -hmm. and grieve and then go, okay, I'm, I'm done thinking about that for right now mm -hmm. and I'll open the box yeah. in a little bit, right. mm -hmm. in a week or in a day, mm -hmm. tonight. Because it was at that point where I was like, oh, I can't open that box because if I open the box, it's just gonna flood, flood yeah. and yeah. I can't stop it. Yeah. So right now it's like, yeah, I'll open the box, I'll let out the tears, mm -hmm. I'll recognize that this happened and be thankful for what we're, you know, where we're at right now mm -hmm. and then a box mm -hmm. keep doing my day so and that's something that I didn't really realize was an issue and that I that the reason I was hiding it and trying to keep it buried down was because I was afraid of just letting all of that overflow and that's something I did yeah. learn in therapy and I'm thankful for that but mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's a very healthy way to cope with that pain mm -hmm. yeah. So. yeah hope we've been ending with hope yeah so what, like, specifically hope, I think you have a beautiful six month, I mean, like, you know, that's kind of the happy ending, but where was the hope in it for you, and then in general, for anyone who might be struggling out there and cannot see the hope? I think the hope was just in knowing that there's a new day ahead, and my spirit will die daily, and something new and fresh is coming the next day, and even if I'm in a current state of grief, even I'm in a current state of just trauma, that there is God, and God is good, and the next day is going to be more beautiful than the last. And I think I just, I rested after, after we really worked through a lot of these things, I really rested in, in the knowledge that um, those who love God and are there for me are going to keep lifting me up. Um, and so I, I really realized I couldn't just be alone on an island trying to deal with it all by myself, hiding it in a box that I needed to find my people mm -hmm. and those that were going to lift me up with, with, you know, the love of God. So, mm -hmm. so my hope was not only in God's comfort and God's ability to be there for me when no one else could be there, mm -hmm. but also in knowing that he's given me people in my life that are encouraging me, that are praying for me and that love me. So good. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Mm -hmm. So yeah. vulnerable. And I know so many women right now are going, 
not just me. Mm -hmm. I'm not alone and that is so powerful. And so we want you to know that no matter what impossible circumstances you're dealing with today, we hope and we pray that you are still able to say, yet we thrive. Hi, I'm Lindsay, founder of Yet We Thrive, a community for women who have lost or are struggling to have babies. It is our aim to help you thrive, even in the midst of impossible circumstances. You can find us on Facebook or on Instagram at Yet We Thrive. We look so forward to connecting with you and holding a place for you and your story, a place where we can hold you up, even in your darkest moments, and tell you, Yet We Thrive. Thanks for listening to the I Am Mother of the Year podcast with Lisa and Jen. If you love what you hear and want insider access to more conversations just like these, exclusive Mother of the Year merch, and access to the I Am Mother of the Year podcast one day early, join the growing community of patrons who support our movement at patreon.com slash I Am Mother of the Year. Talk to you next week.